0: Okay. So, um, why don't you introduce yourself?
1: Right. So my name is Dan Norton. I have a YouTube channel Mm -hmm. and I advance Ayn Rand's philosophy of objectivism. And if you want to find my channel, you can go to youtube.com slash Dan Norton one, or you can also search for selfishness projects. It's an easy way to my channel, I have a lot of videos on the topic of selfishness, so. Cool. Especially I'll a link. do. For. A... Yeah, I could put a link in the chat, or maybe you could do that later. I
0: did that. Okay.
1: There is a link
0: in in my chat, and my two viewers have seen it and are no doubt clicking on it now. Um, Okay, cool. So. um, so, yeah, you wanted to talk about um, some stuff. What was it? It was basically, um, well, why don't, you,
1: why don't you remind me? Okay, so, yeah, we just uh, DM'd a little bit through Discord, and there were two topics that came up. So one was anarchism, and the other was... Yeah, how how can you get normative facts from descriptive facts? So I was had asked you if there's any points in Ayn Rand's philosophy that's disagreements with that you might want to talk about, and those were the two that came up. Yeah, so, yeah right. We talk about either or both of those.
0: So what? Okay. So yeah. So so Ayn Rand believes in objective morality, and. Could you, do you think you could, like, give me, like, I'm not super, uh, I'm not definitely an expert on that, but I've I've read a little bit about it. Do you think you could sort of summarize, um, like, how, where where objectivism sees morality as coming from and what makes it objective?
1: Yeah, I could say some about that. So Ayn Rand bases her morality on the fact that Values presuppose life, so she she finds objectivity and morality by asking this question, what gives rise to the whole field of values? She doesn't start in the sphere of ethics by asking, which ethics should we accept? Should we be egoists? Should we be altruists? Should we be utilitarian? Should we be Kantians? Which ethical system is correct? that's not the right way to approach ethics rather you should just ask why do we need ethics at all what gives rise to the entire field of ethics and the answer she comes to is the fact of life life is a uh, it's a fundamental there's a fundamental alternative we face life or death and it's because we face this alternative that... By, by life you mean, just to be as... clear,
0: by life you mean staying alive, surviving, literally?
1: Uh, yeah, so I- any living organism, a plant, an animal, a human being, faces, this, faces the possibility of going out of existence. So any organism has to take certain actions order to keep itself in existence a plant has to get water sunlight food animals have to get some kind of nourishment humans have to get certain kinds of nourishment but every organism has to take some kind of action in order to keep itself in existence and if it does not take those actions if it doesn't take the right kind of actions it will go out of existence it will die sure it, so life is is conditional we're not guaranteed we're going to stay alive it's conditional on our taking certain actions and uh, in rand's view that's what gives rise to the whole sphere of ethics or morality science of um, figuring out what it's good to do if we weren't if we didn't face this uh alternative of life or death if we didn't face the possibility of going out of existence if you we were, we were just guaranteed to stay in existence then there would be no need to pursue values to go after things like food, shelter, clothing, medicine, technology. It would they wouldn't do us any good because we'd we'd just be guaranteed existence. But because we're not like that, because life is conditional, and are taking certain kinds of actions. Therefore, we do pursue values to achieve that goal of staying in existence. So, and when you say ties... surviving,
0: you mean surviving for like the longest time. Because we're all, I mean, we don't, we, we die eventually. And... I,
1: yeah, um, at least given present technology, who knows, maybe uh, in the future we will become so advanced that we can just live on and on and on. Um, and it will be up to us when we choose to die. I'm not sure, but yeah, at least uh, right now. And we have seen increased life expectancy, like from caveman days where, you know, average lifespan maybe was 20, 30 now average life expectancy is up to over 70 or maybe 80 in some places. The more advanced we get, the better we can get at survival. Um, Right,
0: so, so living as long as possible.
1: But it's not just an issue of length because, I mean, if you're living, like if you've got some terminal cancer or something that causes you to be in extreme pain, there's a way that you could extend your life many years living in that state but it might not be worth it only certain kinds of life are worth sustaining and if a life of happiness for instance if you can sustain that then sure uh, why not just keep going on maybe it gets boring at some point but so long as you're living a happy life then um, there's reason to continue trying to keep that going
0: okay so already I'm a bit confused because if if life is not always worth living then it would seem that that living is not the the most fundamental value right
1: well it's living in a certain way or living uh uh she, she uses certain phrases like life as a rational being um happiness also figures in here so happiness is part of a life worth living. So maybe, maybe you could think of it as a happy life is, is the, the thing worth sustaining, not sheer existence. Like even if you're a, you know, cancer patient in pain, in that case, it might be a good idea to commit suicide because it's just not worth staying alive.
0: Okay. So it it sounds like being alive is, is a means to some other end because it's, I mean, I guess you, you have to be it's a necessary, like being alive, is a necessary condition to whatever it is that is valuable, but not sufficient, because you can't just be alive. You got to be alive and somewhat happy or whatever else. So, what is the fun? What is the the end that you're actually that life? Being alive is a means too. What is it that makes your life worth living?
1: Well, she says happiness is the purpose of life. But she she's also said in certain places that life is an end in itself. So it's not sued for something beyond itself. It's pursued for its own sake. I think when she says things like that, she includes happiness as part of life. So when she says life is an end in itself, I think she has a certain conception of what life means there. So I think it would include something like, like happiness. And it's it would be what does it I mean? Think, what does what mean?
0: What does life mean if not it doesn't it do, if it doesn't just mean being
1: alive? It means
0: being alive and happy or something. What like could you can you define what it mean like what is happiness? What does that mean?
1: Uh, okay, so so you yeah, so what does life mean and then also what does happiness mean? Um so she does offer definitions uh, or at least descriptions of each of those so in one place she describes life as process of self-sustaining self-generated action and uh as for happiness she she describes that in one place as a state of non-contradictory joy as opposed to um like, uh satisfaction of some whim of the moments where you might get some momentary pleasure, but it's in contradiction with your long-term self-interest. She wouldn't regard like, um, getting drunk or, you know, getting, uh, getting heroin or something that gives you some momentary, uh, pleasure. That's not necessarily part of happiness if it's going to make you worse off later on, but a state of non-contradictory joy, um, that doesn't conflict with your overall life uh, that would be happiness
0: how do you how do you measure whether something is contra- whether some happiness is contradictory or not
1: tree or not like
0: like there's you know m- most things that you enjoy have some kind of cost that you may have to pay at some point and it can't be that unless you're saying that that the only the only things that can make you truly happy are are things that have no cost? I don't. Th- that doesn't seem right. So it's presumably, some sort of cost is worth paying for happiness. But how much? But what is the cost? How do you know whether whether something is is non-contradictory?
1: Well, it takes thought. It's it's not always obvious what's in your interests. So you have to think about the consequences of your actions. So maybe sure. But what am I now, thinking about like, in... to think about it? Yeah, I need so like, to know what the criteria are that I'm thinking about. Right. So, for example, if if you're a student in college and you've got a test the next day um, and let's say you're, you need to study to do well on that test, get a good grade. Um, but you also uh, have an opportunity to go out and party you know, the night before the, the test if you don't think about it uh, you might just act on your whim and um, really consider the consequences that so you might go to the party and then you end up uh, suffering by getting a lower grade and that that puts a black mark on your transcript and then that because a harder to career you want perhaps so you have to think through the, the consequences of your actions and terms of you know what what are the long-term effects on your life going to be and then you you just decide well overall is doing X seem like it's going to benefit me or is it gonna harm me and that that requires thoughts it's up to us to do or not to and well to decide to you, it's good to do that thing.
0: but to, in deciding whether it does has a net benefit to you what am i measuring that net benefit in. like a net benefit okay. of what
1: um guess may- maybe you could give it in terms of your I guess ultimately happiness um, but you said
0: happiness is uh, is you're only happy if something has a net benefit so like something's only making you happy if it's if it's a net benefit. So that so you can't use happiness to answer that, the question of whether it has a net benefit, right?
1: I'm not sure I get what you're, you're saying, but uh, happiness is the purpose in her view, but she says, if is the standard. So she distinguishes between the standard of, it, of morality and the purpose of morality. I don't know if this is relevant to what you're asking, but of some conception of what your long-term self-interest consists in. So maybe it's, you have a passion for being an engineer, say, and um, you, you thought about this goal and what it's gonna take to achieve it, to give it a little more specific specific, what what does it
0: mean to have a passion to be an engineer does it just mean that you find it fun to be and
1: be an engineer uh that's part of it but i I think if you if you think of it as a, a career then it's you see it as something that's sustaining your life so it does have a it is giving you some kind of emotional satisfaction um, presumably, if you want to go into this career, you think it's something you would enjoy. But hopefully, um, like you keep going from like happiness to emotional effects.
0: satisfaction to survival and everything. But we're we're kind of jumping around, going around, and I want to I want to boil it down to some sort of value. This is the fundamental thing that is valuable, and the other things are means to this fundamental end,
1: right? Right. Um. This issue is tricky, I found, to to get clear on it. I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm entirely clear on it myself, so maybe that's why it's uh, not coming across very clearly, but she says things like life is the ultimate value. She also says happiness is the highest purpose. Now, if if you see those two statements, do you think like they're in conflict? Does it sound like, on one hand, she's saying, Life is the primary thing we're going after. On the other hand, it seems like she's saying happiness is the primary thing we're going after. Uh, Are those two contradictory views? I think some people might—she is being contradictory in that way. Like, make up your mind. Is it life or is it happiness that we're ultimately going after? Um, But I think that's—those are being pulled apart too much happiness as she construes it i think is an aspect of a successful life um maybe i should um find th- there's a certain passage in her article the objectivist ethics where she discusses the relationship between life and happiness and th- that might oh here it is maybe maybe this will um provide some clarity so right this is um Paragraph 76 if anyone has the essay the objectivist ethics which i think is probably find it online for free somewhere she says quote the maintenance of life and the pursuit of happiness are not two separate issues hold one's own life as one's ultimate value one's own happiness as one's highest purpose two aspects of the same achievement existentially the activity of pursuing rational goals is the activity of main, maintaining one's life. Psychologically, result, reward, and concomitant is an emotional state of happiness. It is by experiencing happiness that one lives one's life in any hour, year, or the whole of it. When one experiences the, the kind of pure happiness is an end in itself. The kind that makes one think this is worth living for one is greeting and infir- and affirming in emotional terms the metaphysical fact that life is an end in itself Oh, well, i i think she to put it slightly in other words happiness is the psychological aspect uh of of living in terms of which we experience life as an end in itself so I, I, it's an aspect of living think that's
0: but but it's possible to, to be living and not happy right
1: well maybe in a sense of living like um i was just thinking about that earlier today like sometimes we say well you we haven't really lived until and then fill in the blank with some you know you've had some kind of experience which is really satisfying there's a certain sense of living where it's just bare survival, like you're in existence in some sense. But there's another kind of fuller, richer, deeper sense of living where uh, it, it, it is more um, – does include something like happiness. Yeah. If you're just doing cellular metabolism, if you're like in a coma or something, you haven't gone out of existence, but are you really living? Um,
0: well, well, I don't know because she's, sense, she's kind of vague. But... I don't understand what she means by living. If not – like she's either saying you're you're only living when you're happy you're only really living when you're happy in which case happiness is just is the only thing that matters you're just because if you're not happy then you you might as well not be alive um, but then she seems to be then she says that happiness has something to do with living happiness is like the feeling you get when you're living which just seems like a circular definition right but you're only living when you're happy so um so yeah that's what i don't understand it seems like she's she's trying to prevent she's trying to avoid hedonism she's trying to avoid just saying like just be, the happiness is just a feeling, and and the the fundamental value is just to feel a lot of happiness however way you can, uh, but it seems like she's trying to avoid saying that. Um, but I don't know what else you know what alternative she's providing. You're saying like just saying happiness. Happiness is some something you feel when you're truly alive, and you're only truly alive when you're happy, right?
1: Uh, yeah, I, I think that's right.
0: But that's I, circular. That doesn't doesn't explain
1: anything. Well, I I don't know that it's circular. I mean, if I mean, it's something is circular when you're using something to justify self. I don't I don't know that. There's a relation of justification there there's there's some kind of relation there that if you're only happy if you're alive and you're only fully alive if you're happy but not really a claim being made at least in that kind of formulation. But
0: well she's saying that happy like you're happy because you're alive but what about if what if you're happy for um, I mean that's not true because you can be alive and not happy um, so what like, what if you're happy because of because uh, you're taking a lot of uh, heroin, right? Um, which you know most people consider not really a good thing, uh, but it does make you happy. So, how does how does objectivism explain why heroin happy is not really happy?
1: Well, I think this gets to the the issue of being long range. So. What are the look at the full consequence of taking that harem because away. because you're gonna be unhappy later ah uh, well, you're gonna suffer consequences later. it's I, I don't I don't think she would i don't think myself that not that I have experience personally with this, but I don't think it would be right to just count momentary pleasure as happiness if we're thinking of happiness as this state of non non-contradic- uncontradictory joy, I don't think that's something you can just by shooting up moment. I, I think you need to be doing other kinds of things that integrate better with your long-range well-being why in order for it to count as, as happiness
0: um but I mean what do you mean integrate better like you are happy when you take heroin right like people will say I'm a fucking happy
1: no well people can say anything <laughs> um well so what's the difference between that and
0: happiness and true happiness you, I mean you can't be just saying you're saying like the true happiness it's only truly happy if you won't be unhappy later but how do I measure that if uh, if um, in order to measure that you have to say that that the heroin is making you happy in the moment but it but you'll be unhappy later so at some point it has you have I to think you... boil it down to some actual common thing how do we compare heroin happiness to some other true happiness unless we can unless we can compare them on equal terms right
1: Well, I think you could say the heroin gives you some pleasure, yeah, moments, and there is some pleasure involved with happiness as well. So there, there's that in common. Um, There's, but there's also pain that results from heroin, like withdrawal the next day, or maybe if you you get addicted and all the problems associated with being addicted, and um, so. Those are the negative consequences. So, is
0: happiness when you get more pleasure than pain?
1: Well, that might, I guess that's a, maybe that's a necessary condition, but perhaps not a sufficient condition of happiness. If you just get slightly more pleasure uh, than pain, well, uh, yeah, maybe that's part of happiness. But if it's just, it's just like um, a momentary, slightly more uh, pleasurable experience than pain. I don't think that's necessarily happiness. Like for for what's happiness missing happiness, it would. Um. I guess it would. The, the, the term "long term" is coming to mind, like opposed to fleeting. Okay, I think. Um happiness is a more why why does that matter kind of,
0: like what if what if i could take happy. heroin and and it didn't have any long it didn't have any negative side effects but it didn't last very long is that not happy because it's cause it's too short
1: didn't have any negative side effects uh would it be happiness uh
0: I mean, how long are we talking here? Sure. Like, you know, if it lasts like ten seconds or one second, like how long does that have to last? The pleasure have to last for it to be happy. <laughs> uh,
1: I don't. I don't know that it's the sort of thing which you can just put a time scale on it and say, you know, if it's longer than X, then it's happiness; otherwise, it's not. I know I said something about it being long term, so. <laughs> um do i now have some burden to to yeah. put a time stamp that's uh I, I don't i don't know i mean i think it has something to do with being a long living a long range kind of life as opposed to just living a whim worshiping kind of life um, but
0: I, I, how do i know if i'm whim worshiping like if i if i really want to be an engineer because i just it gives me pleasure to engineer things Right, that's probably why a lot of people want to be engineers. They just, when they do it, they feel good. Um, I, I, it's not clear to me that there's any any more to the the any more to enjoying like passion for engineering besides the fact that you experience pleasure when you do it. Um, so is that enough, or is there something that I'm missing about engineering? That give you some sort of thing other beyond pleasure, which makes it more more authentic
1: happy well if we're if we're thinking of it as a career um, that would differentiate an engineer from being a heroin taker like as if that could be a career I mean it's well not I mean, fundamentally right it
0: only only quantitatively right I mean engineering engineering is just a, a more sustainable way to feel pleasure than taking heroin but you know aside from that it's you know fundamentally pursuing it's not fundamentally but the same value just feeling pleasure unless at least it's not obvious to me why there's any other fundamental difference unless like, if there's some other difference then what is it
1: I mean I guess if you could achieve the same uh, overall level of pleasure by taking heroin as you could by having a successful career as an engineer, and I, I guess there'd be no reason to prefer one over the other. You just think the facts of the case, facts of the matter, that you, you wouldn't uh, be able to achieve the, the same level of overall pleasure. So... Um, I don't know if that addresses what you were inquiring about.
0: I mean, so, I mean, that sounds like hedonism to me, right? If you're saying that the only reason is that we're fundamentally just looking for pleasure and the, the only reason that certain things are considered like healthy forms of are called like fulfilling or satisfying or whatever, is just because they, they're more sustainable, more sustainable ways of experiencing pleasure. Then that's hedonism, right?
1: I'm not sure. Uh, thinking of this guy, old Martin Moen, he's—I uh, think he was heavily influenced by objectivism, but doesn't consider himself an objectivist. And maybe because he—he he did go off in this hedonist direction. Um, but I think he argues that hedonism, the, the sort of hedonism that he advocates, I think, or at least I've heard secondhand, it basically amounts to kind of ethics Rand advocates. But um, let's call himself a, a hedonist, and uh, Rand definitely argues against that. So uh, should... Should Rand's view be considered a form of hedonism? I doubt. I could, could say that, right? I mean, I was just thinking I could look up the passage um, where she speaks to hedonism to see if that helps distinguish okay. her view better than uh, I'm doing. So uh, let's see. I was just looking at that. Just...
0: just read chat here. Okay. Journey started says taking taking substances requiring you to be happy is an addiction. Addictions are destructive. Addictions provide an altered perception of reality. Drugs can keep you... Drugs can keep you altering your life habits to avoid disease. Can keep you from altering your life habits to avoid disease. So... Yeah, but Journey started all. All you're saying there is that is that taking drugs is not a sustainable way to experience pleasure. You're not really explaining why... why, why how, how drugs are any fundamentally are different in any other fundamental way from sustainable ways of experiencing pleasure it's still when you're expo- describing is still hedonism or it's still doesn't get you out of hedonism
1: okay so I found the passage uh, this is paragraph 77 she says uh is only by accepting man's life as one's primary, by pursuing the rational values it requires, that one can achieve happiness, not by taking happiness as some undefined, irreducible primary, and then attempting to live by its guidance. If you achieve that which is the good by a rational standard of value, it will necessarily make you happy. That which makes you happy by some undefined emotional standard not necessarily the good. Take, quote, whatever makes one happy, unquote, as a guide to action, as the hedonists do, means be guided by nothing but one's emotional whims. Emotions are not tools of cognition. Be guided by whims, desires whose source nature and meaning one does not know, to turn oneself into a blind robot operated by unknowable demons, in other words, one's stale evasions robot knocking its stagnant brains out against the walls of reality which it refuses to see. This is the fallacy inherent in hedonism, in any variants of ethical hedonism, personal or social, individual or collective. Happiness cannot proper, sorry, happiness can properly be the purpose of ethics, not the standard. Task of ethics is to define man's proper code of values, thus to give him the means of achieving happiness. I don't understand if the standard
0: the epi- is, if the purpose of ethics is happiness, then the standard should be whatever gives you the most happiness. Why, why, why is the standard something different? Like,
1: I think the way she's, she's understanding standard there is as a, as a guide to action. So it's, if you, if you just think of, I'm going to do whatever makes me happy, um, that might not provide as much guidance as say, I'm gonna do what helps me to live. If you think of it in those terms. Maybe that's a more concrete way of. Why would? I, but this.
0: I don't want to live. I want to be happy. I don't understand. Okay, but the purpose maybe is happy. The happiness.
1: only way to be happy is is to think about what's gonna f- further your life. The, well, the, fine. Then
0: that's the, then. But fundamentally, the standard is to just have, just have the most experience, the most happiness. That's hedonism, right? Hedonism doesn't say that you should only be happy in the next five minutes and fuck whatever happens afterwards. It says you should try to be experienced the most happiness in your life. However, you know, if that means that that can mean being, you know, very careful to do things that will allow you to live a long time and experience happiness consistently and sustainably throughout your whole life. That's still hedonism. You're still, it's still about the happiness in the end. Right, I don't understand why, how that contradicts anything that Rand is saying here, unless I'm just misunderstanding what she's saying.
1: Well, maybe w- what you're saying amounts to saying that she is, she's uh, not interpreting hedonism correctly. Uh, like, maybe she's no, I think she is. Hedonism.
0: Well, I think she is, but she doesn't. I don't. I don't understand her criticism of it. She's saying you can't. You, you, you can't just pursue happiness. You have to rationally pursue standard of life. Or blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't. I don't understand what that means.
1: Well, you can pursue happiness, but the way to do it is not by thinking it's going to make me happy. It's by thinking what's going to further my life the best. What does that mean? It's a,
0: what does what, what does further my life mean other than if it doesn't mean like keep, keep me in happy.
1: existence, for instance?
0: But we've established that just being, just existing doesn't matter if you don't if you're not if you're not experiencing happiness during it. So that can't that's not the the issue. Well,
1: well, if it's keeping you in existence, if it's not just existing for a moment, but if it's keeping you existence in a way that allows you to have like being an engineer and which is a sustainable kind of way of. It's a way to sustain yourself in existence, not just, uh, for the moment.
0: But there's going to be choices oh. that will, that will allow you to, um, to exist for longer at the cost of some happiness. That's the question. Should you, should you choose to exist longer if it, if you have to compromise on happiness? Right? Like, uh, you know, you have, yeah. you have some, uh, terminal disease, um, uh, that uh, you know if you if you uh, like surgically remove uh, you know your arms and legs uh, you could live an extra you could live a little little while longer but uh, you'd be miserable um, or you can just you know let the the disease take its course and enjoy your arms and legs for a slightly you know shorter length of, of time for the rest of your life so you'd have more happiness uh, with a shorter life or less happiness but a longer life which one do you choose?
1: Uh, I sounds like the way you set it up. I would choose the the shorter life right. with, with more happiness and I would but I might also add to that that uh, longer life is in a sense not living <laughs> um, I mean it goes back to the point I was making earlier. I mean there's different senses of living there's but I mean okay, living okay. is like bare metabolism.
0: There's but, okay, what is the sense like like you can't just redefine living to mean happiness when I try to like if living just means happiness, then just call it happiness, right if it doesn't mean happiness then no. it's then it's not happiness, then I we have to choose it between just
1: them just means happiness, I think living in the in the full sense that I'm talking about. Happiness is an aspect of that, but I don't think it's What
0: is the thing that, that I'm trying to of? maximize? what is she, she, like what is the what is the fundamental value? That's what I want to know. she says she seems to say that the fundamental value is happiness, but but she's not a hedonist, and I don't well, understand she the
1: fundamental She says the ultimate value is life that includes happiness
0: I don't know I don't know what she means aspect. by life. I, I don't understand what she means by life. if she doesn't just mean literally being alive. Then I don't understand what she means and she doesn't mean happiness then what does she mean
1: well the I mean the the definition which I mentioned before is a process of self-sustaining self-generated action that's that's a description of what life is so So that that means literally being alive
0: that's like you're not
1: dead Okay, but, I mean, if someone is in existence, I mean, how do we say, like, how do we know whether that person is living or dying? I mean, you, you might look at the same person and say, oh, well, he's in existence, like a cancer patient or something on a hospital bed. Do we, is that person living or is that person dying? Oh, kind of Well, bugs, they're alive. Right?
0: <laughs> There's, they can still act. They can still have self-generated actions.
1: Uh, for a while, yeah. But they're all they're also in the process of disintegrating
0: well, we're all in the process of disintegrating all the time but but we're alive where she says if she says being alive means self self-sustaining self-generated actions then you're alive or pretty much right up until you die even if you even if you're in pain or miserable or whatever right you can still have self-generated act generated actions even if you're you know you're suffering so
1: well, if, if it's, I mean, in some sense, I mean, it's, I think it's, I mean, if it, if you're thinking of, if she's calling life self-sustaining action and, and that, it's not very, it's not sustaining you very much if you're, if you're, you know, well, what do you, sustaining, I mean,
0: to... what does that mean? Self-sustaining.
1: Well, I mean, just take a simple example. You're eating food, and that keeps you going for another few days.
0: But she's defining being alive in terms of whether you're whether you're keeping yourself alive. That doesn't make that doesn't that's another circular definition, right?
1: Uh, it it might be. uh, I don't know. Maybe there's some circularity, but sometimes there is non-vicious circularity. Um, I mean, I think life by its nature is a cyclical kind of thing uh it, you do certain things to keep you alive and by being alive you're uh, to you're, you're able to do for do things. like i eat that keeps me in existence being in existence allows me to eat some more eating more allows me to exist longer okay well Existing longer <laughs> sure but, but you can
0: do all these things and not and still be miserable and still have a lot be like not be worth have a life that's so miserable it's not worth living even though you're still acting and eating and trying to survive and everything you're still not you're still not happy enough to make life worth living so then so then why why would I care about life per se instead of happiness because I can have life but if I don't have happiness then then it's not then the life isn't even good
1: when you say life per se I, I think you're it's, it seems like you're understanding that to mean the non robust kind of living sense of life. What do you mean non-robust? So the just cellular metabolism. You know, could be you're in a Well no, I mean and...
0: whatever I mean what Rand said, like self self sustaining, self generated actions.
1: Okay, but I mean that's Maybe that that also has different senses. Um, I mean, there's more and less successful ways of trying to sustain yourself. I mean, you could you could let's say you you engage in self-sustaining action by eating a ton of junk food. Well, maybe that can keep you going for a while, but it's also doing some kind of damage to you, so you're not able to sustain yourself as well as. If you ate a different kind of, so I'm not
0: alive, alive if I'm eating junk food.
1: <laughs> I I guess it, there's degrees here. Maybe you're alive in a sense, but not. You know, like I'm less alive. Say, I feel I really feel alive today. So even though you felt alive on other days, maybe on this particular day, you know, I really feel alive. Well,
0: that's, but why am I so? Why to? am I so? Okay, maybe I'm less alive if I'm. Putting less effort into surviving, but the the problem is, why should I put effort into surviving if I'm not happy? Why why should I care about how alive I am, how i e how hard I'm trying to survive if I'm not happy? And if it um, and I if I I and if I don't, then why should I? care about anything but happiness because it seems like happiness is the only thing that actually matters in the end because without happiness life doesn't matter even if i'm trying really hard to survive i'm i'm living by her standard but but it's not but (laughs) that doesn't seem to be there doesn't be any value in that
1: when you say why should i care about how alive i am I hear that. I, I hear that as including a reference to happiness. That's kind of like.
0: But it doesn't. I'm stipulating that if you're you're alive but not happy. And I want okay, I want to know is that if you're alive but not happy, what is what is the value of that?
1: I don't think there is.
0: Okay, so, so there's, if when there's when no value alive, in life yeah. without happiness, then it seems like. Life itself has no value. It's the happiness that makes it valuable.
1: Okay, but here's the the thing again. There's different senses of life. So when you use life in that context, when you're saying there's no value in being alive, if there's not happiness, then you're using life in the just mere metabolism sense.
0: I'm using it in the sense that does not include happiness.
1: Okay, if you're using it in that sense, then... Because if we're using it no, in the sense it does there's, include there's
0: happiness, value. then you're, you're just... I'm trying to separate happiness from other things so that we can determine whether it's happiness that has the value or something else. So you can't just mush them together and say, well, life is valuable because it's actually kind of... It has, because it has happiness in it. No, it, it doesn't. I'm saying uh, if life has no happiness, does it have value? And you seem to be saying no. And that, to me, says that it is the happiness that provides the value So it's the happiness that is fundamentally valuable, and that's hedonism.
1: So when you said, I'm mushing things together, I was thinking like, from my point of view, you're tearing them apart. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'm trying
0: to tear them Um, apart. I'm trying to break it down to figure out where the value is. Okay. And when I break it down and say, okay, what about this without this? You say, well, this, uh, well, yeah, but that actually includes that. No, it doesn't. I'm saying, what about that without that? right what about life without happiness
1: well, I think there's, there's um, so if happiness is an aspect of a certain kind of life at least
0: what do you mean an aspect can... of a certain kind of life you mean you'll be happy if you if you do certain things I mean yeah obviously but it's not in. It's not inseparable from life. You can obviously be alive and not happy.
1: we're uh, <laughs> we're going we're going in circles here. Um, I guess I, I mean, I'm. kind of stuck uh, on this? Like I'm a, yeah, it's um. It's a tricky point, I think, and. Uh, because my reaction to the last thing you said was just to say something I had already said before, so I'm not sure I should say it again. So
0: let's try some. Um, let's. I mean, we can, we can move on to a different topic. I think what's more interesting to me, a more interesting question, well, a different question is, um, I mean, we've been talking about the morality of, uh, of like self-interest. What is in your own interest? But what about, um. Um, interpersonal morality, the mor- morality of interacting with other people. Um, what does objectivism uh, say about that? Where does where do the rules for what we do with other people, how we interact with other people, come from?
1: Okay, so it's it's where does it come from? Ultimately, what is in your own self interest? So. Your relations with other people should be determined by uh, what's best for yourself. So, for instance, um, it's it's not in your own interest. It's not in uh, helping your your own happiness or your own life and well-being to treat other people as jerks. And Rand would argue um, to to um, physically abuse them. What kind of person is going to want to be your friend, for instance, or your romantic partner if you are a jerk and treat other people like garbage? Probably not going to have very warm, benevolent, enjoyable relationships if you treat others like that way, like that. So it's in your interest to treat others in a certain way. Right. I think that's pretty obvious.
0: Um, But what about, I mean, the tricky ones are situations where it seems like we could could, uh, do something that's in our self-interest but seems wrong somehow and we could, we know we could get away with it um and it would it seems to it seems to be in our interest to do it um but it's but it's generally considered wrong like stealing from someone stealing some money you know, easy you know you'll get away with it they'll never find out um what's wrong with that why is that wrong or is it wrong i don't know
1: yeah so with stealing I think uh even if no one catches you, you know in your own minds what you've done and how you've treated another person. you know whether you've acted in a way that's just um, towards others if you if you steal others then do you have any rights, sense for you to others should treat you any better? Or should others be able to steal from from you? Um, I I think if you if you trace out the long run consequences, and not just external, but also internal psychologically, what what does it do to your own self respect your own self esteem? Um, to to act in this sort of way, I think there you could find some grounds for not not stealing, even if you could away with it, not get thrown in jail.
0: What if uh, what if someone has has like convinced themselves that a certain kind of theft is justifiable, um, and. Let's say it's something that doesn't, you know, like most people would say is wrong, but they've somehow convinced themselves that it's right. Um, and they convince themselves that stealing from, I don't know, rich people is right, uh, and they're and they're doing it in a way that they can get away with it, so they're never going to get punished, um, and they're never going to feel like they're they're not going to feel guilty about it because they believe that it's right. They believe they're doing a good thing. They feel like they feel like a good person when they do it. Uh, does that mean well, is it still wrong?
1: I think if you, if you can genuinely uh, say to yourself that I think this is a good thing to do and you're taking into consideration all the consequences short term, long term existential, psychological if in, in light of all of that you think it's it's in your own interest, then I think you should, but I'm I'm pretty skeptical that people could really honestly face all the consequences in that way and decide it is okay. Um, here's one case where I think it you would seem be justified. like a very far fetched so to me. I'm
0: sure a lot of people do that. I mean, I think uh, I would imagine the average person is feels okay about stealing from a lot of people. You know, um, it's almost conventional morality that that it's OK to steal from, say, you know, big corporations or the government or, you know. Uh, so and it's often possible to do that and get away with it. So it doesn't seem like in those cases it's actually wrong. It seems like if they're if they it's if it's going not going to hurt them in the long run and it's not even going to damage them psychologically, or at least they're not going to feel guilty about it, um, then it's, it's just, it's is right.
1: So if it's, you mentioned stealing from corporations. Uh, I mean, if you've been, if you've been raised in a society that's taught you that's, uh, like corporations are exploitative parasites, and you know, they, the, the people who own them, they don't really produce any value. It's really the laborers on the assembly line, for instance, who are produce, producing the value. Um, so you know, some kind of Marxist view. Then you might think that, <clears throat> morally, the the corporation does not have a right. To, uh, its, its products. And, yeah, that's and, what people think. But then, it, then, is it really stealing? <laughs> because it, it, when you're stealing, you're you're taking something that rightfully belongs to someone else. But if you think the corporations don't rightfully uh, have, uh, don't rightly really have what's in their possession, that in, instead what they have in their possession rightfully belongs to others, like workers or. You're not really stealing. You're, you're um, taking back what's yours. Right. I think that's wrong. <laughs> but, um, well, if I, that I mean, I'm pretty
0: problem. sure Rand would have considered that wrong.
1: But she also wouldn't consider it. Uh, she also would consider it stealing. But if you're talking about someone who, who, who doesn't think it's stealing, right? I don't know if that was part of your example, but it was part of my example. Um, if someone really doesn't think it's stealing, then, you know, this. The issue of, I guess this is not a good example of a case where um, uh, theft is in one's self-interest. It's not really theft, from, at least from their point of view. So, well, I, I guess but I, hold I, on. It doesn't matter whose point,
0: if, a, if morality is objective, then it doesn't matter. Then the right or wrong has nothing to do with the point of view, right? I'm pretty sure Ayn Rand would say to those people that what they're doing is wrong. I, I'm, but I want to know how exactly she would justify that to them. Why is it wrong? Why is it not in their self-interest well, would, to do it?
1: Um, I, I, maybe as part of the explanation she would give is what's in Atlas Shrugged. So her she, a big part of that, uh, I mean, the theme of the novel is the role of the mind in its existence. And, in particular she she talks a lot about the role of the industrialists so industrialists are not just parasites on their workers they actually use their minds and they're extraordinarily good at it and that's how they're able to produce so much and she would, yeah but why does that uh, why does any of that matter to the person
0: that. who's stealing from them like
1: well, it, if they see if they understand role of the industrialists or the CEOs mind in producing but they don't understand values, that
0: and why 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 should they understand that like understanding that would just make it harder for them to steal by not understanding it they get to steal and not suffer any psychological consequences from it so they get money they get the benefit of the stuff that they stole and they don't get the 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 cost of feeling guilty about it so why why should they even learn about that
1: well if they want to stick their head in the sand and not, not? listen to the explanation Well, because I think there's there's probably guilt associated with that. Like if you if you know there's potentially some information that could overturn your view and you're just going to blind yourself to it deliberately, I think that's like refusing to acknowledge the facts. And that's I think there's um, I think everyone has a sense that that's that's not a good way to act. You shouldn't turn off your mind. Um,
0: so you think it's so, impossible to actually believe that without uh, without uh, you know lying to yourself in some way that creates some neuroses, which is actually going to hurt you more than whatever benefit you get from from committing those crimes?
1: I, I'm not sure where we are in the um, the dialectic here. I, I think if you're, um, I
0: just want to know if if. if, if if it's right and wrong just become just just depends on what's in your interest then it seems like it's not hard to imagine a situation where it's in someone's interest to do something that seems obviously wrong and that Ayn Rand would obviously consider objectively wrong such as um you know someone who believes that it's right that's justifiable to steal from some some particular person or organization for some reason and does it and gets a lot of money so they get the, the benefit of stealing and they don't have the cost of of this sort of uh internal psychological strife or whatever that say a, a normal person would have doing that because they believe that they've done the right thing you know, i don't understand how you would ex- how an objectivist would explain would convince them that what they did is wrong or you explain how what they did is wrong while also saying that right and wrong is just about pursuing your self-interest it seems like it is in their self-interest to to just steal that and to just to commit the theft and keep believing what they believe and not try to challenge those beliefs, right? Because tr- by challenging the belief, um, you just uh, you're just risking losing your belief that what you're that stealing is is, is good. Stealing is justified
1: but you might be better off if you open your mind and heard someone else's point of view maybe at well first, why i mean you might or, be better
0: off you might be worse off all you know is that if you listen to somebody who's trying to convince you give
1: somebody a chance so what i'm saying is if you have if you have uh a sense that listening to somebody um might provide you with some valuable information and then after you start hearing her a little bit start realizing, hmm, if I keep listening to this person, I might have to uh, give up my practice of taking stuff away from the corporation, and that might upset me. Um, So I'm just going to stick my head in the sand and stop listening. I think that's evasion, and that's not in your own interests. Um, You're you're sacrificing perception of reality.
0: Fair enough, but it does seem like there are people that are so convinced of things like that that even if they complete, maybe they like engaged uh, enthusiastically with contrary opinions and critics and people trying to convince them that that what they're doing is wrong, they still would keep believing it. Like they really, really believe it, right? It doesn't seem. It seems like it's not hard to be really deeply, sincerely convinced that stealing from stealing from big corporations is is okay. Um, so I, I don't think you, like, I don't think that you have to be willingly ignorant in order to believe that. I think you could easily believe that just by um, just by well, not being too bright or just by being like thoroughly indoctrinated into that belief system or just simply not having access to something, not even knowing that there's an alternative. Like a lot of people don't even know that it doesn't even occur to them to question the beliefs because they're surrounded by people who believe the same thing, right?
1: i mean if if that's really the case that uh you sincerely believe it's it's right to steal from corporations then i guess you should do that but i am also going to want to, want to spread the word that it's actually not i'm going to try to make arguments to people that that's actually not um the right thing to do and i mean that's part of what i'm trying to do with uh my YouTube channel and having conversations like this is to try to give people a different way to look at things a different way to think about corporations and um, now what let's goes say to producing their values. Now,
0: now what happens if let's say you tell them that uh, you know, stealing from a corporation is stealing and it's bad and they're like, why? I mean, I, if I'm just pursuing my self-interest, like why, why shouldn't I steal things? Like why what what is what if they just don't feel guilty about it? Like they know everything. Let's they know everything about economics and how corporations work and blah blah blah. And they just they don't care. They're like, yeah, I know all that stuff. I know I'm making I'm doing damaging to the economy or something, but I'm 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 getting lots of money, so so who cares?
1: Well if if someone really knows all that goes into running a corporation then i don't I don't know that they could honestly think it's right why not to steal anymore
0: well why uh, but but you're saying right right and wrong is just about your self interest so all they have to believe all they have yeah, to believe I, I to don't believe don't that is right did. is to believe that it's in their self interest and it's easy to believe that even though this you know, this theft is damaging the corporation is great for me i'm getting a whole lot of money it makes me real happy, but, and I don't really care about this corporation. The so.
1: idea that it's it's okay to violate rights.
0: Why is I it do. not okay to violate rights?
1: Well, they they have, it's it's in their own interest to have their own rights respected. But they're not but violating
0: the their rights; they're violating someone else's rights. Why shouldn't? Yeah, why why, why is it wrong to claim. violate someone else's rights?
1: It's 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 a principle that goes both ways. You can't say. Why does it go both I ways? have the right to violate. There's right. <laughs> That's the nature of, of individual rights. But it doesn't There's go both.
0: No... Like you can steal from a corporation. The corporation is not necessarily going to steal from you. If you do, yeah, you sneakily you steal from the steal from corporation the right and rights. get away with it. Your rights are not going to be violated.
1: But you've 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 abandoned the principle of well, of who
0: cares. Rights. Why? Why would I care about the principle? I, mean, I care what, about people actually violating my rights. If no one actually violates my rights, then I don't care what what I don't care about the principle. Uh,
1: you don't care about the principle. Okay. Well, I think that's what what is what is the, the, what problem. Is the There's principle? A problem there.
0: Well, why should I follow a principle if it seems like it's in There's... my interest to violate it? Like if other people if other people will follow the principle with me even while I violate it, then why shouldn't I violate
1: it? Well, if you think it's in your interest to violate a principle, then I I guess you should violate it. But the point of the principle, I think, is to... I mean, ethics is... The point of ethics, I think one way of looking at it, is to come up with principles to guide us in life, in dealing with various concrete situations, so if you if you just throw out principles, then I think you're kind of abandoning the whole sphere of ethics. Um, if you're just but what's just wrong what's wrong with the principle? Gonna...
0: I try to take as much as I can from everybody else and try to trick them or say whatever I have to say to them to prevent them from taking stuff from me. What's wrong with that principle?
1: Try to t- take as much as you can from everyone else, and prevent them from taking stuff from you. That's that's the principle. Yeah. That's what's wrong with. Well, I think you put yourself at war with with other people. If that's instead of dealing with others as a trader, where I give you something, you give me something in return. Buy something from you. You know, you give me the good. I go to so McDonald's, get the war? money. They give me a hamburger. What's wrong with, um, being well, with being at war if I win it? What's being at war if I win? I think you're. Well, I I don't think you're going to. Um, I mean, so you're basically reducing yourself to the level of animals. That's how animals interact. They, so what? They deal with each other by force. A rich, happy animal. Rather than by, uh, by persuasion and traits. So well, no, I'm still I'm still persuading, yourself, but I'm just to the doing level it. Of an animal. I'm
0: just I'm just tricking people. I'm tricking people into, into not. Stealing from me, but I'm still stealing from them.
1: And you know, maybe you can get away with that for a while. But, At some
0: level, uh, I'll be able to able to get away with it, and I'm choosing the level, I'm choosing the amount and how I do it, in such that I can get away with it, right?
1: In yeah, for for a while, maybe you can get away with it. no. But forever, psychologically, I think even even in the even in the moments because you're abandoning a principled approach I think you're um, you're already suffering by doing that so you
0: I'm suffering by like not maybe you. so you think I'm suffering just by not following by by treating others differently than I'm treating than I expect them to treat me
1: uh, I guess maybe yeah I think th- having that kind of attitude I guess that could I think that could possibly grounds um, suffering on your part because you, you have a certain attitude towards human beings which i think is not hospitable to um relationships with people i, I like i said before i think you're basically putting yourself at war with others well you know, but I, I, I just steal from strangers others.
0: right i don't need to steal from my friend steal from people i don't have a relationship with or steal from faceless corporations that i don't care about
1: so well, I mean, why? What's wh- what's stopping you from stealing anyone, even your friend? I mean, if you're gonna—they're my friend. I don't want to. Uh,
0: like, it, it, I would feel bad. Are about they that.
1: gonna? I'm not gonna want to be your friend if I know you. But you don't. I won't tell them. Way, so. I'm
0: not gonna tell my friends that I do that.
1: Now you have I just to live want a life with secrecy and hide, sure. hide, hide your actions. So what? So that's thats I think that's. There's a cost doing that. You can't live openly, and you have to. In the shadows, like the, um, so. What I mean, that may be true. What about your actions?
0: But you're making very, your you're making very particular psychological claims, and I'm just not sure I believe them. I'm not sure, like suggesting that that you will not be happy if you if you steal from people, even if you get away with it, even if you steal a whole lot of money, you just won't be happy. You'll just you'll just be tortured at the the thought that you treat others differently than you expect them to treat you even if they're strangers, faceless corporations you don't care about, I find it hard to believe that everyone necessarily will feel that way. I got to think that there's some people out there who who could live with whatever level of sort of cognitive dissonance or psychological whatever. Uh, It is in order to steal a lot of money, right? Um, It just doesn't seem i don't i don't buy that people are, are that uh are that have that high standards for their own psychological whatever consistency and what about you know it doesn't it's not like you have to be it's not like you have to be in some state of cognitive dissonance you just have to not you just have to admit to yourself that you don't that the golden rule is not true that it's okay there's nothing wrong with treating other people differently than you expect them to treat you as long as you can get away with it. Like and I don't see it's because it seems like like Rand herself believes that because she believes that the fundamental if that fundamentally morality is just about pursuing your own self-interest then she's almost admitting that. She's saying that these principles don't matter. Because she's saying you shouldn't care about other people, you should only care about yourself. So it seems weird to then say well but but if you don't but if you don't treat others the same way you treat yourself you will be miserable trust me i, I don't buy that it just doesn't seem to be true now, hold on just a second. it's almost like she's saying that that uh, you know that, yeah, you pursue your self-interest, but it just so happens that psychologically it's in your self-interest to follow all of these really strict moral rules perfectly. And you'll just be unhappy if you don't.
1: Yeah, I think it... I mean, it is... She does think it's in your interest to respect others' rights. Um, I was thinking of Bernie Madoff. As you were talking to... You know, obviously, he, he stole from a lot of people. But, uh, but he got caught, now,
0: so it's uh, different. Yeah, but like, I want to know, I don't want like, wanna, like said, Bernie Mandoff's not the, great, the good I example. Hold I want to know. Hold on,
1: hold on. He, was, he said he was miserable. I, I've heard this, that he felt better than he ever did before after he had come clean. And he no longer had to keep up his, his charades where he could just um, have to be faking all the time. He said he was miserable. This is what I've heard while he was doing his whole Ponzi scheme. So I think that that would be, okay, uh, testament to the psychological damage of living this. I,
0: I mean, that is that is an anecdote. Um, but the thing is, uh, you know, maybe Bernie Madoff was miserable because he, he was in over his head, um, which is also why he got caught. Right, the fact that he got caught suggests that he was, that it was getting out of hand. Uh, or it was being dangerous, and if it was so dangerous, you could imagine how that would be stressing him out. Um, so it's not obvious to me that that this is always going to be the case. That someone who who uh, was committed that kind of fraud in a more careful way and didn't let it get out of hand could then not could then be perfectly happy and relaxed and content to do it because they you know they wouldn't have the fear that they're about to get caught, which. You know, Bernie probably knew that he was going to get caught, and that's probably why he was relieved when he did when he was, right? That's That'd be my my speculation. Um, but, I mean, everyone, like, so many people commit, like, very minor, you know, bits of, of theft and fraud all throughout their life. I don't buy that they're all suffering because of that, like Bernie Madoff was, and they'd be relieved I, if they I got suspect, caught, right?
1: Uh, I suspect people... Some self-respect uh, when they do things like that. I think there's a pride on the on the other side of it, the flip side. I think there's a pride in earning your own way.
0: I think they lose kind of self-respect. Self- I think the I think their guilt, the negative feelings they have, probably come from the the fact that they accept this sort of uh, uh this sort of social norms that say they shouldn't do that. Because they should be, they should care about other people. They should be altruistic, and that's what makes them unhappy. It's that it's the contradiction between their sort of the altruistic morality that they sort of believe that they believe in, and yet they can, and then they do this bad stuff that they know violates the morality that they think they believe, and that's and that kind of internal dissonance makes them unhappy. Um, but Rand doesn't and ryan doesn't believe in altruism so she actually believes that 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 altruistic thing that other that most people believe isn't true that you don't have to care about other people so it seems like if anything objectivism would relieve them from the thing that is that is making them that is making them unhappy
1: about Committing she crime. doesn't say you shouldn't care about others. She does think you should care about others, but it's because they are of value to only you. Only if it
0: serves your own interest, which is not. But that's but that's a big <laughs> if, right? <laughs> not unconditional,
1: right? But she thinks she does think it's in your interest to act in a principled way. And yeah, yeah, but but
0: the, fundamentally, it's about your interest. You only pursue other interests as a means to your own your own ends, the ends of your own interest, right? Right, and it's clearly not.
1: And she argues that it is in your own interest to respect others' rights. I mean, you could contest that it, argument. You could say yeah, it doesn't work. But that's the argument.
0: It's just not, though. Like, uh, and I don't see. I don't <laughs> see how it is. That's that's what I'm. That's the whole point. Like, you I can mean, come up with examples, I mean, like particular examples. Oh, look, here's here's a thing that you could do that was wrong. Uh, that seems like it's in your in self interest, but ultimately isn't. But it's easy to come up with examples where that's not the case. It's easy to come up with examples where it's something that Rand herself would say is wrong, but it does actually seem to serve your interest in the short term and the long term. And it's just, and there's really no no reason not to do it, other than, you know, other than some sort of altruistic morality.
1: Well, I, I would contest those examples. I guess. I but say. I get. I mean, we've talked about the examples the whole time. I, I don't know
0: what. The why why is like the example that I gave you. Why is that wrong? The example of <clears throat> of a person who who steals from a fa- uh, you know big corporation and and they get away with it. They know they got away with it. Um, and they don't believe they they don't it doesn't contradict their their morality. They don't have this internal contradiction because they actually believe in in egoism. They don't believe that they have some fundamental. Uh, there's no there's no fundamental requirement that they care about other about the corporation's rights. Um, so they're like, yeah, this is in this is in my self interest. I'm getting away with it. It's not going to have any like tangible consequences for me, and there's no moral consequences because morally it seems fine. I'm pursuing my self interest, um, and I just don't see I don't see how Rand could tell that person why what they're doing is wrong.
1: Well, I mean, that gets back to the the um, telling the story about the CEO. So, like, if this is a Marxist, and you know, they've been indoctrinated from a young age into view that the corporation has no rights to products. But okay why why does the
0: corporation them. have rights? Why, why why should I why should that person care about the corporation's rights?
1: Uh, they don't have to be a Marxist. It's just it's 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 not this goes back to the two-way thing. It's you don't just care about their rights. I mean, in caring about anyone's rights, you're caring about your own rights.
0: But that's not true. Why is that I, I, why it is, it is that true? That. Why why can't you care about your own rights but not care about anybody else's rights? It's
1: like if one person's rights have been violated, everyone's have in a sense and we should all be concerned about it. But like, that's not true. It's not okay with me if my neighbor gets murdered just because it wasn't me. No, it's in it's in my interest to have rights upheld wherever I'm living. Why is it? I'm not the one in a given instance who's been affected. But this this is
0: not true. When when you when you steal from someone else, you're not stealing from yourself. You're stealing from them. It violates their rights. It doesn't violate yours. Lots of people are being stolen from right now. It's not a problem for me.
1: It violates the principle of trade.
0: But why why does the principle matter? It endorses. Why? why should, like, that's, uh, well, that's why altruism you're saying if I care about the principle regardless of well, who's being is affected in by it that's, 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 that's altruism
1: the that's the view <laughs> the view is that it's in your interest to live by principles why? So it, we can talk about that so maybe that's, that's the root sure. issue here that we're disagreeing on so well what's what's the alternative to acting on principles is it's just acting without any a uh, long-range guidance.
0: Well, I could act on the, the principle point. that I Just want
1: taking each thing on a case-by-case basis.
0: I mean, um, the principle is I want I want the most pleasure for myself. What's wrong with that principle?
1: Well, I think, and it's kind of like saying the principle is pursue happiness, which you know, Ayn Rand would say, yeah, you should do that. But we need to break that down into things that we can, like, how do you go about achieving? I steal from pleasure. people who
0: I don't know or care about, and who I can get away with stealing from.
1: Okay, but if if I, I don't know that that's, I would contest that you're actually going to succeed in in the long run, and uh, if you if that's what you follow, you,
0: surely there's there's many situations where you can successfully do that. I'm sure lots of people get away with theft for the for their, for their no, entire lives. I, I you're well, saying you say all thieves with? always get caught, no matter what. That's not true.
1: It's no, just no not true. I, I've said that it's not just about getting caught. Well, then, what's it's it about, about, about your own psychological states? That's also very relevant. How do you feel about yourself? I feel in fine. In terms of self-respect, I, well, I, I would contest. Why? That.
0: Why would that? Why? Why would that person not feel fine? I don't understand.
1: Uh, it's, I think it's unjust to take something. I guess you would have to say I feel fine. Taking something I didn't earn, taking away something somebody else did earn. Um, Who cares? Do you, do you really feel fine with that? So I mean, yeah, if I, sure. Why not? <laughs> I guess if anyone has that attitude towards you, and uh, look, you lots of people
0: feel it. fine with that. People, lots of people do it, right, all the time. It's not some weird thing.
1: That doesn't mean they're a okay psychologically. Mm, I, a lot of people do it. Lots I, I, of people I'm not, do heroin. But what you're—if <laughs>
0: if that's true, sure. then what you're suggesting is that the only reason that theft is wrong is because you have something inside you that will punish you emotionally for doing anything wrong, to make it so, so enough to make it not worthwhile. But that's obviously not true. People—people people are obviously not. People's moral compasses are obviously not that reliable. They're just not. So you can't just say, "Well, you'll trust me. You'll feel bad if you." If you do anything wrong it violates these these principles, that's just not true.
1: Well, it's not. I mean, it, it's partly. Well, I, I think we would disagree on what the psychological effects of these doing these actions. Perhaps. Do you disagree with that? But also, I said, about uh, with what?
0: Do you disagree with the with me saying that that our moral compasses are not absolutely, um, perfectly flawless? That that we're not we're not like that every person is not definitely punished for committing, uh, you know, rights violations so much that it's, it's not worth co- committing any rights violations. Do you think that that's actually true or not?
1: Well, I think it might vary. Like in the case of the person who's indoctrinated in Marxism from a young age, maybe that person doesn't suffer when they steal from a corporation because okay. they're just so convinced that it's well, that, right that's thing. That's like, most, like most
0: people in, around me at the moment, right?
1: If you're just talking about... Because this so-called principle that you enunciated before wasn't just stealing from corporations. You said take as much as you can from anybody... As you can so get away your with. Your son, your, your neighbor, no. your, your girlfriend, or whatever. No, from
0: strangers who I don't know or care about.
1: Okay. So... And in that case, so um,
0: you keep trying to bring it back to I, like situations got, where, like I know, I know you can come up with situations where there's an obvious consequence or an obvious emotional consequence or tangible consequences. But I'm saying, what about the situations where there isn't an obvious one? You got to deal with those. You Can't just keep bringing it back to the easier, easier cases. What What about the hardest cases?
1: Well, I I don't think it's it's that hard in the case of a stranger. If it's just like your neighbor, say. Um, no not my neighbor because my neighbor
0: i could imagine how that would be a problem right I'd have to see it say hi to them every day and think about them and see them like uh, you know we're missing their money but what about the completely fi- like well, a stranger is really
1: much of a difference between that person and someone a little bit further away from you and then a little bit uh, i guess it's just another person right sure so so if if you can see it in one case why not in the others
0: I, I mean maybe I can't see it. Like certainly you would, you
1: would feel compunction? Sure. I
0: mean feel, some people could probably steal from the neighbor and feel fine, especially if their neighbor like they don't like their neighbor, right? Um lots of people don't like their neighbor.
1: Okay, well that I I would I would contest that that some people would really be just perfectly okay internally stealing from their neighbor.
0: Okay, what about a, no what about a big corporation? Big faceless corporation. Do you think there are some people out there who just really yeah, would never ever feel guilty about stealing from a big corporation and getting away with it?
1: Maybe, maybe like maybe in the, the the Marxist case. If you're if you're like I don't think you got to be much of a Marxist
0: bowl. to 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 be like that. I think probably a lot of people, a uh, large, if not the majority of of people out there, would would be fine with that. Or if you said, hey, look, you press this button. And you will get a million dollars from, you know, Amazon, and they'll never, you know, they'll, they'll never notice it was gone, or they'll think it was just lost in some, some understandable way. And you'll get the money, and you'll never get caught, and no one will ever know about it. Would you press that button? I think a lot of people would press that button. And I think they, I don't think they'd feel, even if they felt guilty about it, they wouldn't feel a million dollars guilty about it. They'd be like, well, I feel a bit guilty, but holy shit. It was worth it to be all this guilt.
1: I'm not sure what to say about that case. It's uh, That's kind of strange, because it's it's pretty sci-fi. Just pushing a button and you get a million dollars. I guess maybe you could make it realistic if you filled in the details enough, but...
0: And, and okay. people who embezzle um, from companies and basically do something very similar, right? You know, Bernie Madoff is not far. Okay, well, well, Madoff it's... is off for that because he got caught. But there's lots of low, you know, smarter Madoffs out there who get away with that stuff, right? I
1: I doubt in. Uh, well, I don't know. Like, I I don't know how to quantify the the percentage of people who embezzle who who uh, are perfectly okay with doing that. Um, maybe there are some. I don't know how many. Um. Maybe not that many. I don't know, but I mean, if it's if it's that sort of case, where I guess that's a more abstract kind of case when than when you're just stealing from your neighbor, because there has been a lot of uh, I would, propaganda or indoctrination or just bad teaching about, I in my view, about corporations.
0: I don't think that matters though. I don't think it matters whether people know about corporations or not because I think even if people knew exactly, even if people knew everything about corporations, they would still steal, they'd be still okay about stealing from them. Right? And I don't think knowing about them really so. makes much of a I difference.
1: I don't think so. I think if you knew, if you had like Ayn Rand's perspective on corporations and you understood the role of the mind and You don't think
0: someone who, who like understood economics do. perfectly and understood Amazon perfectly would, would, you think somehow that would make it so they would not be willing to press that button and, and steal a million dollars and never get caught?
1: At least I, I don't think they could press it uh, and have no bad psychological effects from doing so.
0: But a million dollars worth of bad psychological effects? Uh
1: yeah, yeah. I don't think there's you can any amount of money would make it worth. Uh,
0: so they push the button and then they feel like so bad that they'd have to give the money back.
1: Uh, I mean I I think they would. I, it would be a net negative. I'll put it that way to, to, to press the button. If you knew everything. So you're saying if, if, you, if they had then presented
0: them with another button that puts the money back and gives it back to Amazon and then does it, they would definitely press that other button too.
1: I don't know if they would, but I think they would be better off. Like, they might be just, uh, like, you might eat cheesecake just on uh, weakness of will, even though you know it's not good for you to eat the cheesecake because you're going to get a heart attack or something. So you're you saying still eat the if they pressed the
0: second button, they would be they would be glad that they did? Uh, I think so. And they wouldn't be like, holy shit, I just gave up a million dollars.
1: No, I think they would be proud of themselves.
0: <laughs> I, I don't think you're right. I think there's a lot of people who would press that but first button be perfectly fine, uh, Net, we'd be net better off with those million dollars. And if they press the second button, they'd be kicking themselves and miserable for the rest of their life, knowing about it. Um, you know, just imagine people who, I mean, any normal person, but if you, it helps, like, imagine people who are poor and having a lot of trouble with money. Uh, um, you know, and like all the things that they could, all the suffering they could avoid by, by taking that million dollars. From Amazon, I mean, I just, I don't buy that. Like if that's, if that's the argument that objectivism makes, that you will not, you, you only, you won't, you shouldn't violate rights because you will be, you will regret it. If that's, if that's what objectivism is, I just, it's not very persuasive, right? Because it just doesn't seem to be true.
1: Well, uh, I, I, I don't think it doesn't seem to be true. It doesn't seem to you to be true, but you know, that's that's where the argument is. There's a lot of argument that goes into uh I think it's objectively
0: untrue. And... I think there's a lot of people okay, well, I... I think there's a lot of people who if they did not follow uh the principles of objectivism and did do did do things like steal could be would be happy. It would be in their self interest to do so.
1: I, I, I think if I don't think so. If they knew about the principles of objectivism and they've they read Ayn Rand, they understood the arguments, and then they still steal, stole, I do not think they would be doing what's in their interest.
0: Think their I think reading objectivism would, would make them miserable if they stole.
1: Uh, yeah, I think so. Not that you have to read objectivism, and it's not like and that's if they the don't read objectivism, that it's bad to steal. <laughs>
0: Well, wait a minute. I mean, there's
1: other ways to learn this stuff. It's it's not you don't have to read Ayn Rand to uh, get some of these principles. that you feel more self-respect. But the thing is, if, if you have to
0: read something to know why you should feel guilty about stealing your the money, it's super clear. <laughs> then then you also have to deal with the, the question: Why should I read that thing then? Because then it has then you also have to say, well, you'll feel even worse if you don't read it. <laughs> but that doesn't well, seem I think to that's be true. The
1: sticking the head in the sand kind of thing.
0: Well, so why not stick your head in the sand?
1: Not in your head. Like we're not because talking you're, about, you're, we're not
0: talking about complete ignorance. We're just no, talking about not reading, not reading objectivism. That. I can still no, read lots of other you're, stuff.
1: You're like. You're you're taking the attitude that I'm going to be better off blind, and seeing. Sticking your head, you're not looking at. I'm the not path. blind
0: just because I don't read objectivism, you. though. I can I can read lots of stuff. I just don't have to read the one book which might make me feel guilty about stealing. And just keep stealing. <laughs>
1: I mean, if you have reason to think that looking at something is going to convince you that rationally you shouldn't be doing it, and then you just choose not to look at that because you you think it might knock down your arguments, I think that's, that's um, yeah not really a healthy way to um, approach life. I'm
0: just so you're saying I mean, so you're saying you're that reading, I'm going to feel worse reading. if I don't read it, if I don't read the thing that makes me feel. Bad about what I'm doing. If I read, if I read the book, I will, I will feel bad about stealing the million dollars. So, so bad that I'll have to give the million dollars back. But I'll feel even worse if I don't read the book. What if I don't even know about the
1: book? Uh, no, I think you may. I think if, if you read the book, you'll feel worse than if you don't read the book because the book makes it so clear. It's so blazing. clear. Well, then why? Clear. So why would oh, I? Acting, but,
0: so why would I read the book <laughs> You're saying I'll feel bad nice. if I don't read the book, but uh, but if I read the book, I'll have to give up my million dollars. So
1: there's also an upside to reading the book.
0: Is it worth a million dollars to read the book?
1: Uh, maybe worth much more than a million dollars. It gives you a, or you maybe know, not the life, life.
0: How how many objectivists like make more than a million dollars from reading the book?
1: This reminds me of uh, I think it's a line (laughs) from Jesus: "What profiteth a man to gain the whole world if you lose your soul?" Something like that.
0: Gain the whole world, Um,
1: and I I think I think there's there's. What do you mean, lose your like
0: Like, you lose your soul if you don't? This is if you don't read. You're you're
1: you're uh, well. That's the blinding yourself part. You're like you have to delude yourself in order to go through with what you're doing.
0: Okay, so what if what if you you want to read everything you possibly can and you'd love to read about objectivism if, if you knew about it but you don't what if this person steals they press the button they get a million bucks and they've never heard of objectivism they've never heard of the book that explains why they should feel guilty about this so they don't and they don't even know that they don't even know about the book to be ignorant about it. They they think that they they think that they're completely open to everything and it's just no one told them about about, uh, about the book then it seems like ignorance is bliss it seems like they're happy. They keep the million because they don't know. They're not. They don't know enough to feel guilty about it, and they don't know I, that I, they don't know. <laughs> that they're supposed to feel guilty. Yeah, I about
1: mean, it. it's. I don't think they would be as bad off in that case if, if so, they're not evading something. Like they don't know it exists to evade. So.
0: So then, shouldn't we not tell them about like, it? Well, I guess we could tell them a about
1: manual it. Manual on like what are. Um, Know what are poisonous foods and what are not poisonous foods, and you're, you're better off knowing about this book that tells you which one is which. So, but it's not I poison mean, if maybe, you don't know about it.
0: It only poisons you if you know. Well,
1: no, 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 it's that is poison. But I think, I think there there are going to be bad consequences. Like if you're draining the corporation, not as directly obvious as like eating a poisonous food, where you have immediate sickness or death, even. If you act in certain ways, like you, you're taking money from corporations, you're slowing down productivity, and then for society, the corporation, not, be not as well. for you, it'll descend to a third world. Yeah, but you'll be better likely. off.
0: Society yeah. might, might. In a short
1: run, maybe, maybe in a short run sense, but long run, no. No, no,
0: long run. You're if you long run, you're going to be up a million. You might be down a few cents because of the damage you've done <laughs> to society or the economy, but it's still going to be a net financial win for you, right? You're not. It's not going to cost you more than a million dollars. Uh, because of the the effect uh, you've had on society of stealing that million from Amazon who has like a trillion dollars literally of capital Uh, so so I mean it's like you're miserable if you violate the principles but only if you know the principles or you know that the principles exist and you're refusing to read about them but if you don't know even know that they're that the principles exist and you don't even know there's something that you you should be reading that you haven't read, then you're fine. <laughs> then you can bi- violate people's rights and you don't feel guilty about it because you don't even know that you're supposed to feel guilty about it. So then, I mean, is it okay? Is it right to steal the money as long as you are completely ignorant of, of the principles that, that say that you shouldn't do it? And you don't even have the opportunity to find out about those principles.
1: I guess. I mean, if you have like no inkling that there's anything wrong with what you're doing, then I guess it's okay. But because I just, that's not I, even I far mean, fetched, right?
0: There's a lot of people who who uh, don't who never even heard of objectivism. Who you know, I never heard about it. Or even if they heard the name, like they don't know like knowing that you need to read that and that it's going to be relevant to what you do how do you know that right it seems like it seems like it's easy to get for some person to come to a place where they haven't read they they may know what about Ayn Rand but they haven't read any Ayn Rand and they're not miserable they're not being made miserable by because they they haven't read it right it seems easy to... It seems like there are a lot of people who are not miserable just because they haven't read Ayn Rand. And maybe it's because they don't know how great Ayn Rand is. Uh, but I don't know if there's a lot
1: of people who are not miserable who are also embezzling millions of dollars from corporations. I think there are. I think
0: there's plenty of people who are stealing in, in that way. Maybe not a million, maybe less, but they're stealing. They're violating... They're breaking... Violating people's rights left and right um, in situations where they can get away with it and where... It seems, and where they don't really care, where there's no real practical uh, consequences for them, and and they're better, they're they're benefiting from it. There, it's in their self interest to do that. Mm,
1: I don't think so, <laughs> um, but I, maybe uh, we're going in circles at this point, or we've got uh, as far as we can on this for now. I don't know. Um, what's what more I could add at this point um I guess not do you um maybe uh people could just read Ayn Rand for themselves and decide if she has a good argument for this I guess so respecting people's rights unless they're unless you're a career uh, criminal
0: and then seems like it's just gonna fuck you up Uh, or you'll realize how miserable you, you actually were and you didn't realize it. Invite Yaron Brook to the show. You ever talk to Jaron
1: Uh Yeah, I've talked to him. Not not on my YouTube channel, but I've, I've met him through other... I've met him at events, and I used to uh, work with him, actually, at the Ayn Rand Institute. I oh, was there for a while. Hmm. Well, he was, he was uh, CEO... I still see him from time to time at events.
0: Most of what I know about objectivism is from him. Like I, I've been subscribed to him on YouTube for a while, and I've heard lots and lots of him, him talk about this, lots and lots. Um. And I mean he he's probably he probably had a big influence on me, becoming sort of libertarian in general, but he he failed to turn me into an objectivist. Uh. But I mean, I still like the guy. I like the way he talks. He's very good at talking about. he's talking about economics, talking about capitalism. He's very good at that. Um, Someone is saying in chat, he has the answer to all this. He wants me to read it. So let's see. Um, He says, no, the issue here is self-esteem. That undermines your self-esteem because you know that you could never produce and earn that money on your own. Self-esteem is an essential non-negotiable requirement for successful living. Uh, there's a difference between living and getting away with living. Life lived on stolen achievements is life of self-doubt, anxiety, and nihilism. Irrespective of whether or not you have read Atlas Shrugged, the thing that motivated you to steal in the first place was clear knowledge that you could not have produced that value yourself. Therefore, you have to steal it. person living that life was already living a life of self-doubt, self-loathing, and living without pride, without a self. Uh, what do you think of that?
1: i sounded pretty good i i was i was um a bit distracted as you were reading it because i was trying to find the chat myself but yeah it's i think a lot of that rings true to me and it sounds like um i don't know if that's an objectivist talking but certainly somebody influenced by objectivism yeah i think it does um speak to the kind of character you have and shows some kind of uh here i just found the comment here yeah, I think you get you do get self esteem when you earn your own way instead of living as a parasite on others, and um, being in the condition where you you didn't achieve that, but you know you're living as as a parasite. I don't think that that's good for your psychological well being. Um, so yeah, I, I I agree with that comment.
0: But. <clears throat> What if, I mean, so we're talking about a million dollars worth of damage to your self-esteem. if You steal a million dollars. It's got to be more than a million dollars worth of damage. Um, seems like a lot. And the thing is, like, what if you use that million dollars to do stuff that raises your self-esteem, right? What if you use that million dollars and you go and start a business and make a bunch of, uh, you know, trains or whatever. Start a railroad. Uh, and, and... Uh, and that raises your self-esteem. I mean, is th- is it okay then? is it is it justifiable? I don't know maybe Rand would say it is if you've produced if you produce more than what you stole in productivity, but it still doesn't seem right. It doesn't seem to 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 justify the theft or does it?
1: yeah, I, I think the the right thing to do would be to return the money <laughs> rather than to um... but does
0: that make it okay?
1: invest it in something else and then try to make up the self-esteem. Does, does uh, engaging in these productive enterprises make it okay, or does what make it okay? Stealing okay?
0: If you steal the money Correct. and pay it back later, let's say with interest.
1: I mean, I think that's the ju- that's the just thing to do.
0: Is that just?
1: It's the proper thing to do. Yeah, I think justice, If if we understand just... Justice as giving people what they deserve. And I think the um, person from whom you stole the money is the one who deserves that money. So I think it is just to. to I suppose that the is money.
0: just. I suppose it's the same as paying a fine or paying a penalty like or compensating them for the crime, paying it back with interest. Okay. Um, I, I still. Way,
1: um, how many uh, people are in your chat? I'm trying to... I didn't Seven? See that, Not a lot. Just curious. It is, I see uh, some of the uh, chatters, but I don't see like an overall number. So Seven just, viewers. Okay.
0: Uh, That's what it says oh, on my chatters. dashboard.
1: Okay.
0: Um, it still seems... Uh, it still doesn't seem like... It seems like there's situations where the damage to your self-esteem from stealing is worth the benefit of the, of what you're stole like if this what you if stealing is going to like save your life or you know
1: well in that case actually it, i i think if stealing is going to save your life rand talks about this in emergency situations it is morally justified to steal like if you're going to die if you don't steal a loaf of bread cuz maybe innocently you you um you washed up on a shore or let's say you're, you're trying to get out of communist Cuba or something and you swim through shark infested waters to get to Miami and um, you're going to die if you don't like grab some food after you arrive. Okay, go ahead. Grab the food, steal it if necessary, and then try to make up for it later. <laughs> Once you get settled and uh, stable, stabilize a little bit and then try to make it up, but yeah, if it's an emergency situation, it's a, literally a, if you have life or death, it would be justified, but that's we don't live in an emergency situation, so um it's not generally okay to to take people's things without their consent, but in rare situations does it is moral to do provided you try to make it up to them?
0: It also, I also wonder about people who have really low self-esteem no matter what. Like, you know, if you're, if you're like, uh, what's his name, Howard Rourke, then I can see why if you stole, you would feel real bad about it. But if you're someone who, who you know, and you know that you are not a productive person, that you're never going to. That you're never going to really have a you never have a lot of self esteem because you're just not productive. You're not going to make any build any railroads or anything like that, Um, and that you're not going to achieve anything. And it's just sort of obvious. Then at that point, it doesn't seem like like stealing uh, is going to do is going to make things much worse for your self esteem.
1: Well, I think it does make things worse. I don't know how much worse, but I think it entrenches your low self-esteem. Whereas I think part of the reason for self-esteem, high self-esteem, is because he doesn't engage in, in things like stealing. Um, and I think- Well, but he's also very productive, right? self-esteem. Like it helps that he's-, he's... Uh, Yeah, that, that's a huge part of it, being productive. And I think that's something anyone can do, and we all have different ability levels, but you well, it's not something anyone can do. Right? There's people, who, there's people who are not as smart as Howard support Rick. yourself. Sure, but you don't have to be a genius to support yourself. You could be a you know trash man or something, trash collector, rake leaves or whatever and support yourself.
0: I mean, um, if you're real dumb.
1: Someone who does that is going to have much more self-respect, I think, than someone who is much wealthier, but he got his money fraudulently, stealing, like Bernie Madoff?
0: Like there's going to be people who are, who are dumb enough that – You know, even trying as their hardest to make an honest living is just not is going to leave them with not a very uh, wealthy life, right? They're not going to have much, and it's still going to be really hard. And it seems like, and they're going to be miserable knowing that because it'll always be obvious to them that they're a lot less inherently less productive than everyone else because they just don't have the inherent,
1: you know. I I don't think that's that's gonna hurt your self esteem, knowing that you're not as productive as other people. I think what will hurt your self esteem is knowing that you got your whatever you do have dishonestly, if you if you know that you earned whatever you have, however little or much that is, I think that's gives you self esteem. Also, I think it's it's very easy to survive and we have a society in which uh, capitalist society where. Rights are respected. I mean, poor, quote poor people today have iPhones. <laughs> you know, they're they're living richer than kings five centuries ago. So I think, especially in today's world, it's extremely easy to survive. Even if you do have very limited abilities, even if you're a disabled person, uh, you could just you could do data entry, for instance, and support yourself by by doing that. So it's, it's become so easy to survive, um, because we are so advanced. And I think we would be even further along, uh, if we had, um, a, a society that respects rights more than it already does. I think today we've, we've abandoned the principle of rights to a great extent. I mean, there's a lot of taxes and regulations, which I think are relations of, um, Rights respecting society, and if we didn't have those, I think we would be much further along. Maybe we had flying cars by now. Uh, maybe poor people would have flying cars by now. Um, I, I think it's it's a pretty uh, simple, maybe I would even say trivial thing to be able to support yourself in in today's world. Um, if we didn't have things like minimum wage laws that are preventing people from doing very simple, low-paying jobs. It seems uh, like so like I I'm think thinking about a person no. who who
0: is terrible at everything they do except for stealing they're really good at stealing um they pro- <laughs> how
1: realistic what? is that
0: mm, all they can
1: do to survive is steal if you can steal you can rake leaves
0: <laughs> well, but what do you can steal a lot what do you can make more stealing than you can raking leaves, and what if you're really good at it? and what's and it's difficult like sure, you just
1: but then you're, and I think you run into all the psychological damage of living dishonestly. I don't know. It seems, so like, it, seemed, it seems like it seems not getting the self respect. Seems
0: like I can imagine people who would actually raise their self-esteem by by through committing crime because they're so good at it and they actually feel like they're being productive. They feel like they're they're it's, good at it. Not right?
1: <laughs> Producing is when you create the value, not when you steal it from someone else who has created the value.
0: I mean, I know that, but. I don't think everyone really understands that, and I, I think this, it's probably easy for someone to convince themselves that they're a productive criminal. Um,
1: I don't think so. I think I think it's pretty easy to for everyone to understand what's going on when you're a criminal. Is you're taking you don't
0: think like some guy out. who's like a super like a like a super hacker and he's like eh, and he does some crazy uh, um, super sophisticated hack and, and ends up transferring all this money to his bank account and he feels so super smart uh because of it and he gets to brag to all his hacker friends who think yeah you're so cool. You don't think that guy is, is raising his self esteem by doing that?
1: Not on net. I think he might get a rush of pleasure. Or look at this clever thing that I did, or any you know, bank robber who pulls off some heist. But I think on net that's going to be um outweighed by the the lack of self respect. Um That he experiences, to say nothing of you know, (laughs) being caught if he actually does get caught. But just psychologically, I think he's he's going to suffer. Although I think, yeah, at the same time, he might get a little dopamine rush from his heist, but on that, I don't think he's he's better off, even psychologically.
0: Okay, so so you pay the price in self esteem for every unjust, for any unjust thing that you acquire. And by reading Ayn Rand, you will realize that in advance so that you don't make that mistake. Is that basically... I
1: think she makes it more clear. Like, I don't think you... It's not like, you know, for all the millennia prior to Ayn Rand's, people didn't feel any deficit of self-esteem when they acted in this kind of short-range way of just grabbing what you can instead of respecting rights, I think. But I think she just makes a full philosophical case um that makes it much much more obvious uh the wrongness of doing something like that so um but i don't think you needed it to get the idea that it's it's not good for yourself psychologically to 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 steal no but i think it would be worse after reading Ayn Rand- like i think if i stole now i would i would um i would i would be suffer more uh, Than if I stole, you know, I was 10 years old. But I think even when I was 10 years old and I never even heard of Ayn Rand, I would still feel kind of guilty. Um, I would feel bad about stealing. Even though I might have also got a little dopamine rush from uh, pulling something off, I think I would have some sense that, you know, this was not the right thing to do.
0: I mean, I have to admit, that's why I don't steal because, you know, every opportunity I've had to steal it was really obvious to me that 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 the guilt would be uh you know would be worse the guilt would not be worth whatever i was stealing. um but that's never been very much so i don't know if it was like a million dollars from amazon then i can't don't know still, if i would still feel yeah. that way
1: hmm.
0: maybe i would i don't know interesting
1: interesting that you that you say that that you haven't stolen because you think the guilt would outweigh the value of what you've taken um i think that 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 integrates with with my way and ayn rand's way of looking at it
0: i mean that's only like i've never had the chance to steal any a lot right
1: I wonder if it would be worse, though, because it is you're stealing a lot more. Like, would you feel worse by stealing one penny from somebody or stealing uh, a million dollars from someone?
0: I would. Um, Well, I I mean, it depends. I I think I would feel worse stealing from a poor person than a rich person. So if I was stealing a million dollars from a company that has a trillion dollars, I would not not feel as bad as if I was stealing a million dollars from from some random some middle class person uh um, so so I'm not sure if I would feel you know so guilty about it that I wouldn't do it
1: I if it's degrees of badness I think uh, yeah I mean different cases I think one would feel different degrees of badness but I think um I think the the in any case you're you're throwing out the principle of of respecting rights, so I think there's already grounds to feel bad, no matter how much it is you're stealing um, but sure yeah the the greater the amount, I think more grounds there are to feel bad and you know how much the person has could also factor into the level of guilt if you're stealing a million dollars from a gazillionaire versus from a millionaire. <laughs> um I can see how that could affect your level of guilt, but I think the important thing to hear is that it's bad and that you're going to feel bad to some degree. Um that's that's the point I would argue. Is most important to some to degree, here. sure,
0: but it's it bad enough that I wouldn't do it. That's the that's the real question.
1: And uh, okay, yeah. Well, I guess in if it's not an emergency case, I would say all all of these cases, I would argue, are bad enough that you that you shouldn't do it. Or at least in my case, I would say they're all bad enough that I wouldn't do it. Okay. Only in the emergency case,
0: I gotta feed this cat.
1: Then I don't need a million dollars to that uh, of an emergency. Um, Cat wants to take part in the conversation.
0: Kat wants to eat. She's going to eat me if I don't feed her something else. Uh, so, I mean, I think we covered I think we covered the topics we wanted to. Um, what do you think? Anything oh, we else?
1: didn't get to anarchy, but uh, no, <laughs> maybe uh, maybe another time we could do that if you yeah. wanted to wrap it up.
0: Yeah, I'd be down for that. Um, All right.
1: I've actually, um, I was just reading some about anarchy because it's not something I've thought a whole lot about. But um, yeah, maybe uh, I'll do a little more prep for that on that topic if we do this again sometime. Sure. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate the opportunity.
0: Yep. Good to talk to you, man.
1: Yeah, you too. Take care. All right. Bye-bye.